And we are live. All right. So welcome to episode 36 of TLC Tech Learn Coffee. I am your host, Lisa Nowakowski, along with Nancy Minicozzi. I'm a fifth grade teacher in South Maui County in California. And I'm Nancy, an instructional tech coach in Northwest Los Angeles County. All right. And a reminder for our podcast, we are a 15-minute format because ain't nobody got time for more than that. So tonight's guest, and we're so excited, is Michael Rausch, I hope I said your name right, um, who will be talking to us about design thinking, which is, yes. We didn't do our coffee fact. Oh, dear. I skipped the coffee fact. Ooh, Lisa, sorry. Lisa I got so excited. Lisa had so much caffeine, she was ready to go, and she <laughs> forgot our coffee fact, which is that uh, U.S. coffee consumption is at an all-time high, most of it being consumed by Lisa and myself. 62% um, of Americans drink coffee daily. That's 5% more than even just last year, according to the National Coffee Association. So go. Now you can go. All right. Now I can continue. My students complain I talk too fast. Um, so Michael is here to talk to us about design thinking. So welcome, Michael. Um, can you tell us a bit about yourself, who you are, and what you do, that sort of thing? Great. Uh, again, as you heard, my name is Michael Rausch. I work in uh, Southwest Ohio. Uh, most of my job is spent actually working in a district as a technology coach, an ed tech coach. I uh, work, I'm working it varies from year to year. So I get to kind of move around a little bit from place to place, depending on kind of where I'm needed and what I'm needed for. Uh, so uh, before that, I spent about uh, 15 years working both on the school improvement and special ed side of things. So now I get to actually go back into the trenches and work with, uh, work with teachers. Excellent. We just love people like you who come into our classrooms and help out. Um, so design thinking is kind of one of those terms that we've heard a lot about like, lately within the last couple of years. So for our listeners who aren't sure what that is, can you describe or tell us what is design thinking? Yeah, my, my favorite definition I think that I've, I've ever heard for design thinking, and it, it takes on different flavors. It's kind of like describing ice cream. There's just, there's a ton of different flavors of it out there. So you can't really describe it all in, in one shot. But I think my, my favorite definition that I've, uh, that I've heard of it is that it is a, a creative process that results in meaningful solutions to real problems. And a lot of times when we hear definitions, we focus on the nouns. But I think with this definition, it's really uh, important to focus on the adjectives in that definition. It's, it's a creative process to produce meaningful solutions to real problems. And that is where the whole, uh, the whole impact of design thinking is really felt. Excellent. I love that. Yes. I, I like focusing on um, the verbs too, like the process and the solution too. That's so awesome. Um, is it more of a way of teaching? Is it a way of thinking? Is it a little of both? Yeah, I, I think the best way I can describe it, and when I try to compare all of that, I, I always end up coming back to this idea that I really think the best way to describe it is that it's it's much more of a way of learning than it is a way of teaching or a way of thinking. Uh, because when the design process is, is really when the design process is really implemented as it's as it's laid out, everybody that's involved in it is a learner. 
And it only works best when everybody involved in it really does have that attitude of that they are going to learn something and they're going to learn more together than they would have learned if they had done so separately. Uh, yes. And we're moving more and more towards the learning everything together and, you know, kind of, you know, less of the teacher being the sage on the stage. So the, the kids are taking ownership. Um, how can teachers get started doing it in their classrooms? Yeah, when you start looking at design thinking and you start looking at some of the examples, they all look like these great big you know, moonshot kind of goals that everybody's working on. We, when we start talking about real problems and all this, it, it gets to seem like it's, it's a, little bit, uh, a little bit too big for anybody to take care of. There are some wonderful resources that are available, and I think you're going to talk about a couple of the resources that I've put in there that are available later on. Um, if you look for uh, if you look for anything that's in design thinking that's titled Project Zero, those are designed to be very introductory level, get you used to the process kind of uh, kind of projects. They can be as simple as designing a new habitat for a hamster, designing a new wallet for someone else, designing a, a, a seat for, for someone else to use. And these are, these are things that, that just seem so, so standard and so mundane, but that when you really get started into the design process and the design process always starts with the, uh, with, with empathy. And so there's always this idea that we are starting with solving a real problem for someone, that we are creating something that real people are going to use. And so projects like that, that start with, that let us really start with and practice empathy in, in a, a situation like that, help us focus on, all right, what, what are the real problems here? What, what real problems could we solve with this process? And so some of those Project Zero uh, design projects that are out there are a great place to start to get people used to the process in a very fail-safe environment. Excellent. Um, that's a great resource. And yes, you did. You do have a list of resources here, which we will also put um, in our show notes and we'll also attach them into this video on YouTube. Um, now, you said like things like designing a new habitat for, say, a hamster. Love that. I'm an animal lover. Um, would that be done, say, as a whole group? I'm thinking I have 30 kids and all working together is kind of crazy, but sometimes it works. Or are these things done in small groups? or does it really depend on the project and yeah yeah there's this there's this great feature of design thinking that where it it kind of looks like a sound wave if you tried to lay it out where there's this progression of convergent and divergent thinking we uh, with a with a large group you might have you might break into small groups to come up with just as many different ideas as possible and then you bring everybody back together to get one or two of those ideas and really start refining them and focusing them down and trying to build some prototypes and trying to, uh, to, to do some sample projects for that. And then it diverges again because then you go out and you test it in all different kinds of environments and what could possibly go wrong and what might happen with all of this. And then it converges again and you start uh, making refinements and tweaks to your designs based on that. So uh, with a large group, it really works out okay because like I said, you've got this, you've got this 
this pattern of convergent and divergent thinking that pushes everybody apart, but then brings them all right back together again to, uh, as you kind of make through this, this process. And then you, you find out pretty soon that this five-step process, this design process is really a cycle. Uh, you, you don't just go through it from point A to point B and you're done. It, it, keeps re it keeps circling back around and you go through some of the same steps again and again and so that makes it really easy to do this with with any size of a group excellent i love that whole it reminds me of like an ebb and flow of like the ocean of like coming and going and oh I, yes and and that's how classrooms should be you can't you can't have everybody a whole group all the time you can't have everybody a small group all the time um so i'm wondering how with curriculums and things like that, how does that, the design thinking mesh with um, some of the curriculums that are out there? Like some of us are bound um, because our districts really love their curriculum to do the curriculum and do the pacing guides or do we, do, do the, some of us kind of go rogue and be quiet and do those things in our own classroom? <laughs> and I know um, you're not, you're not, we're not advocating anybody go rogue. Okay, maybe a little. Um, <laughs> But if they choose to do that on their own, that's completely up to them, yeah. Um, TLC takes no responsibility. <laughs> I, I think design thinking does such a good job of defying being retained within one subject that you naturally have this, uh, this capability of the you know, two or three different teachers might collaborate on the same project so that while I have this group of students, they're going to work on this part, this phase of the design process. And then when they go to this other teacher, they're gonna work on the same thing, but they're gonna work on just a slightly different aspect of it. It's rare that one design project sticks solely in what might, we might term you know, ELA standards or sticks solely in what we might term as math or science standards. It, it run the the watercolor just kind of runs across all of the uh, all of the subject matter and so that makes it i think it makes it very very easy for teachers to start collaborating together as much as it becomes an opportunity for the students to collaborate together and you know if if i can start a project in the time that i have with my students and i know that they're going to get another 30 or 40 or 50 minutes uh, to work on the same project in somebody else's class. I'm kind of excited to see what, what progress gets made while I'm not with the students, uh, while they're with, you know, another teacher who's working with, with, the same, with the same thing. And in the end, it all kind of gets lost who was there for what part to be made and what part to be come up with. And it really becomes the group's work and not any one individual student or any one individual teacher. Oh, how awesome. Um, this sounds a lot like PBL. So is it very similar to PBL? Yeah, it definitely has some projects uh, or some aspects of project based learning in it. Most uh, I, one one big difference that I would say is project based learning. The teacher tends to come in and say, here's the issue. Here's the project we're going to work on. Uh, design thinking tends to start a lot more with the group coming together and all and and either already having or starting to define its own cause. Um, you know, they, a group of students might come in, and this is one of my favorite ones that happens in schools, is when you get that group of five or six students that comes in and says that the, the, the lunch line and the lunchroom are an absolute fiasco. 
and nobody has enough time to eat and everything is just all over the place and nobody really knows what's going on. Perfect. How could we, how might we fix that? Um, design thinking tends to start with the phrase, how might we, and you finish mm. that phrase. Uh, when you, when you, once you do that and you get a group of students who really starts to refine that question that's where design thinking begins. And it often does result in a project, but the students are the one who get to define kind of what that project is and they might refine it and they might change the question as they start looking into it. Uh, whereas project-based learning, a lot of times it, it, it already brings the, the question into the room. And, the, and it, honestly, a lot of the project-based learning that I see, there's already a defined answer out there somewhere that you're just waiting for the kids to find. Um, with a lot of what we use design thinking for, there isn't already an answer for, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking to provide uh, a way, a solution, a possible solution that others could even build on later. It sounds uh, like authenticity is is more a part of it as well. Um, with the Project Zero plan, so going back into the design thinking with the Project Zero plans, um, take less time than a, a normal uh, project in design thinking? How long do the projects uh, tend to take? There are some there are some project zeros out there that are designed to take as little as 60 minutes, maybe even 45. Uh, there are some out there that are designed to take about 90 minutes to really give everybody a good run through mm -hmm. of the of the entire process beginning to end. Uh, so I mean, if if you have a, a 45 or 60 minute uh, the only thing you're going to be able to do to try to in, try to invite people if, if you're trying to get people interested enough in it to look into it more if you've got a group of say administrators that you're trying to convince that this might be a good thing to try and you've got 45 minutes to do it absolutely there are projects out there that fit right into that kind of a time frame now that is perfect that's a great way to kind of like wet your toes see if you like it it's it's a short enough to where you're you're willing to take that little bit of a risk because it's maybe one Last period. Oh, that's excellent. Oh, that's the timer. So um, just wrapping it up, is there anything else you would like to add about, um, about this process uh, and design thinking? Any advice? Any? Uh, don't let yourself talk yourself out of being able to do it. Don't tell yourself, don't let yourself tell yourself that you're not the kind that can do it, that you're not creative enough, that you're not the right, you know, that you're not that kind of person. Um, it's, it's like anything else that just takes some practice to be able to do. One of the resources that I gave you was David Kelly's TED Talk, and it is a fabulous resource for anybody who uh, just kind of has that hesitation of, can I really do this or not? Well, no, you can't do it perfectly at first, and that's okay. <laughs> and uh, so just jump in, give it a shot, and you'll be amazed at the stuff that you can come up with. Excellent. Thank you so much. Nancy? Well, thank you. Yes, thank you. This was really great. I, I loved hearing more about design thinking. And uh, I want to thank everyone out there for listening. If you enjoyed the show, and of course you did, it was fascinating. Um, please leave us a comment to let us know. Uh, tonight's comment question, are you already using design thinking in your classroom? Or how are you going to get started? Um, we'd really love to know how this uh, little bit of time has influenced what you're going to be doing in your classroom. We also would like to invite you to join us Monday, September 18th, when our guest will be Nick Kusumanu, Kusumano, sorry, 
and he will be talking to us about creativity with Chromebooks. Thank you. And remember, we are always looking for guests to share the great things that they do in their classrooms, and it might even be you. So if you know someone who fits the bill, even if it is you, we really would love to hear from you. So please visit tlc.ninja and complete the contact form and let us know, and we'll get right back to you. Thank you.